the ability to increase your earnings in the future. So essentially what you're really doing is you're borrowing from your future self because you know your future self will earn much more than what you're earning right now. As long as it's done properly, as long as you're educated and you really understand what you're doing, I think your 20s is one of the best times to really, really, you know, go into investing and, and not just investing in assets again. Hello, welcome to Woke Finance. The podcast discussing all things finance and all things finance related. It's your boy Peter, and I'm with my co-host, my bro Jax. How are you, Peter? How's it going? Um, at the point of recording this episode, I am on a week off. I am trying to copy you with the life of simplicity. <laughs> so, yes, I am enjoying uh, my time off. Um, you know, taking some time to just recalibrate, to rest a bit, because the next quarter is going to be a busy one for work finance and for my personal life as well. So yeah, really rested up. Come on, come on, come on. I'm loving it, man. And um, just for the benefits of our listeners this year, for me, the theme is the year of simplicity, man. Just taking things easy and taking a bit more time to, you know, look after ourselves as well, man, and just enjoy the simple things in life. Um, so now I'm loving that, Jax, man. Here's to more time on leave as well and as you mentioned um next month is a fairly busy month for the woke finance uh, team um as our listeners know woke finance predominantly um exists to actually work with uh, young people and deliver financial education to young people whether that be in schools or places of um uh, i guess youth establishments or organizations so yeah we've got quite a lot of delivery um, next month, which we're just preparing for and pretty excited about as well at the same time. But we wouldn't be able to do it without the support um, of many different people, including you, our listeners. So just want to give a shout out to you for all of the support and continue to just listen in and stay tuned with the conversation that we have here at Woke Finance. So, um, Jax, as you know, um, we're going to touch on a topic today. And the topic that we're going to touch on today is around investing but more so in particular thinking about when to start investing and how someone should be um, investing and I guess approaching their personal finance journey according to what age they are so um Jax yeah essentially we're going to start from our teens and work right all the way up to well I'm not going to say up to the, um, what age we're going to stop because um our listeners <laughs> maybe some of our listeners might be past 50 and they think we're going to stop at 50 but let's see where we get to so how does that sound Jax? Yeah that sounds really great because you know, investing is for everybody. Um, and I guess, you know, depending on age and of course other factors, um, there are things to consider. Um, there are specific ways that you sh- could be considering investing according to your age. So yeah, let's get into it. Come on, come on. So let's actually start on that. Is You said investing can, or, um, can be for everybody, which is great. So I'm thinking of a child from a child's right up until 18, right? Or maybe even 16, depending on where you are in the world. Um, I mean... What can that child do? And also, given the fact that they're a child, um, what can their parents do when it comes to investing? Yeah, so we, we start with the parents because um, in, in, in this uh, country, the UK, you can start investing at the age of 18. Um, you can have access to a specific type of account called a junior ISA at the age of 16. Um, and so for someone who is between the ages of 0 and 16 to 18, um, that will be the account that you can invest within. Now, your parents will still have control or parents will have control of that account. 
But I think the most important thing uh, for parents and uh, the teenagers within this age group or the young people in this age group is to learn. It's to learn. So if you are a parent, I think it's a great idea to open up a junior ISA to invest for your children and to teach them how to invest. You know, one of the things that I plan to do when I have children is um, whenever, and it's, it's kind of a game, but it's a way to introduce investing for them as well. It's for them to, for example, if they consume from a specific uh, provider, I would say to them before you, you know, before you watch the Disney Channel, for example, and of course, we're not giving investment recommendations here. This is just for example's sake. Um, before you consume from Disney Channel, why don't you buy shares in Disney? Before you want McDonald's, why don't you buy shares in McDonald's? Oh, you want to watch Netflix? Do you own shares in Netflix? Little things like that, you know. Oh, you want a Nike tracksuit? Well, do you have shares in Nike? Little things like that, I think, is a great way to introduce the young people that may not be able to control their own investment accounts into investing. So I think that's the way to do it from the ages of zero to 18. Love it, love it, love it. And I just uh, love that bit as well, just in terms of your everyday conversation. That's what I've done to, you know, with some of my uh, younger family members and um, close uh, family friends um, who have children. And, you know, you understand what they are into. Right? So if it's their favourite game, um, understanding, you know, who which company owns that game um and are they actually trading and asking how would you like to be you know uh owned part of that business and they'll look at you like what but the more you start having these discussions in a in a you friendly way of course without even talking about some of these big words like investing and all of these words that may be a bit intimidating or hard to understand it's just having that long uh that conversation but over time it's never about sitting uh, someone down right there and expecting them to understand. It's just over time and in your every sort of day language as well. And yeah, you'll be, I mean, we're always surprised with how much uh, kids pick up on. I mean, when it comes to things like technology and games and all of that stuff, I actually learn from them. They're the ones that keep me young. So, um, and it's just great if they actually understand the business behind it. And one day they can be some of the more the business owners of those different fields, not just games, but other things as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and again, for our parents as well, if you are someone who is um, not only having these conversations, but actually managing a portfolio on behalf of your child, or you've opened up a, a junior ISA, for example, here in the UK, um, it's also important to understand that um, because the child has a nice long-term horizon, um, which is absolutely amazing for investors, they can take on a bit more risk. And I know we talk about risk in one of our episodes um, where we talk about the fact that, you know, the longer your time horizon, the more risk you can and probably should take. And it's about recognizing that risk is not actually a bad term, but actually because you've got that long-term horizon, you can, you know, go through market turmoil, recessions, bear markets, corrections, and that kind of stuff, and actually benefit from them. So the younger you are and the younger, the, or the younger your child is and the longer the time horizon, the more risk they can take. Love it. Now, now let's say just keep focusing on, you know, from a child to late teens up to 18 or so. Let's say someone's a bit on the older end of that age range. So, you know, maybe 14, 15. And they actually, you know, understanding a bit more about this whole personal finance journey, but they appreciate that they legally cannot um, start investing. So their parents might, you know, um, support them with that. What else can that young person actually do in the meantime for by the time they're 18, they can be like, boom. Well, I, th I think the most important thing, um, and we'll talk about this even more in detail as we go through the age ranges, is to educate yourself. Mm. Uh, I think that's the most important thing. Um, and the earlier you start your education process, the better. Um, so they can start reading books. And we've got an episode on our favorite books. 
um, they can start, you know, subscribing to some good quality uh, content providers, um, whether that through uh, Instagram or, or YouTube. But I think that's that's something that needs to be policed um, because, of course, there are channels out there that do not um, provide the best form of education for young people. So I think that needs to be policed. Even the books that they read, I think they need, that needs to be policed as well because there's some books there that needs to be read with a level of maturity. Mm. Can you give an example of a book that... Um... Do you think that about? Yeah, so a book like Rich Dad Poor Dad, I think is a great book. I think it's a book that really changed my mentality, but I was happy that I read that in my mid-20s and not in my teenage years because it may have deterred me from actually going to school um, and actually gaining an education and getting a bachelor's degree and a master's degree, which has served me well. Um, but yes, reading that book in my 20s, I think I read it when I was about 24, mm. was a great time because I was mature enough to understand that, hey, it's not just about not going to school and it's about making informed decisions based on the information I was getting from the book. Love it, love it, love it, man. So key thing there for young ones in that age group uh, range um, is education, man. I'm loving it. Education, education, education. Um, let's move up a bit. So, and and naturally I was gonna, I was thinking maybe our 20, so to speak, but I wanna just think about the age range in between that sort of 18 to you know, early 20s. And that's usually, if you're here in the UK, it might be further education, might be uni, or might be maybe taking an apprenticeship after school or college or going straight to work. But that age range between 18 to 21, um, that sort of unique age, making the shift from a teen into your early adulthood. What's your thoughts around that when it comes to preparing or entering the investing world around that age group? Yeah, that's very, very interesting. Um, I think at that age group, it's the, the the journey continues when it comes to education. I think it's very, very, really important to really pick up your education, continue educating yourself. And you can actually start investing yourself because now you are at the age of 18. What that looks like is you can actually either continue from your junior ISA. So if your parents open up a junior ISA, at the age of 16, you would have been able to actually get control over this account. At the age of 18, you can start withdrawing from this portfolio. What I will suggest, what I will suggest is that you continue the process. This is my encouragement. You actually learn how to budget. That's the most important thing I would say at the age of 18. Budgeting and creating good habits in the early stages of your adult life will serve you so much well, Peter. I think you would agree on that. No, absolutely, man. Um, you know, we talk a lot about money mindset on the Woke Finance podcast and a lot about the personal finance journey and succeeding in it is actually about the mindset. So this is the age where you're continuing to grow and you're still developing. Um, your brain is lit. Well, our brain is always, but this point in our lives is so key where our brain is just absorbing a lot. Um, and it's about building those mind, money mindsets that you can develop and work on over time as well so absolutely budgeting at that period of time is key and understanding what a budget is and how powerful it is yes exactly it's, that's what it's all about I think at that age what you really want to start doing is really really picking up good habits these are the things that are going to shape your ability um, to grow your wealth your ability to create a system that works for the long term because what I find when I do a lot of financial coaching um, with people of the older ages 
is a lot of the things or mistakes that they would have made is because of the bad habits they picked up from a very young age. Mm. And so what I encourage people from the ages of 18, in fact, the earlier, the better, as we spoke about earlier. But if you're 18 plus, um, you have a bit more control of your own life. I think that's the time to really, really hone in on the education and hone in on building good quality habits. Even when it comes to investing, you know, at the age of 18, you're probably not earning a big income. You may have, let's say, uh, either a side hustle or you might be doing some part-time work or an apprenticeship. And you're not, you will not be earning the most you can. At this stage in your life, it's good to create a habit of even starting to continue investing um, if, you, if you had already had an account from young. Mm. So you start putting money into the markets and that kind of stuff. You don't put a big proportion of your money into the markets at that age because it's all about actually gaining experience, mm. gaining experience in financial markets. No, I love it. Love it. Um, you know, it, it, we just appreciate that. Of course, that the uh, the average individual at that age group, you're right, they they're most likely not going to have um a lot of income um from their jobs or side hustles at, at that point in time. And it's about what you can do in that um period of time. So absolutely love it. Um on episode 21, we done an episode with called A Chat with the Youngers, where we invited um, young people that have recently just graduated from one of our programs and they're just talking about some of the the challenges um you know on this personal finance journey at that age most some of them were in university some of them were in work and they were just reflecting on that jacks for a young person and for a young person around that age and taking into mind uh, a recent episode we've done with that uh, called gambling versus investing and that sort of uh, gambling mindset or fast money mindset which me and you, Jack, so you know anyone around that age group can fall victim to. What's your sort of, I guess, um, guidance around that when it comes to investing for young people in that age group? Yeah, I would say, you know, at that age group, um, you may be quite susceptible and gullible um, to some schemes that you may not understand. I think the key thing is to really uh, understand that anything that sounds too good to be true is usually too good to be true. Um, so when someone approaches you and tells you you can make a substantial amount of money in a short space of time, the chances are you're taking a level of risk that you may not even understand. Mm. Um, or you may be doing something that lacks, that lacks integrity um, mm. that you can get in trouble for. In fact, there are so many um, people that fall into scams and, and, and have been used as money mules, for example, without even knowing, which is a form of uh, money laundering. So be very, very mindful of situations that come to you um, that sounds too good to be true and fuels um, your mindset when it comes to trying to make money quickly. That is the bad habit that you you will pick up. Mm. What we're talking about is creating good habits and understanding that wealth is built slowly but surely over time. That's how wealth is built. And in that age range, that's what you should really be focusing on. You should really be focusing on building good habits. You should also be focusing on building yourself. The best investment you can make, especially at a young age, um, especially, you know, 18 to 21 and, and beyond. So even in your 20s and 30s, is to invest in yourself. It's about investing in yourself because at that time, what you have is you have time and you've got energy. You might not have the capital, but you've got time and energy. So it's about using those resources to the best of your ability. It's about investing in yourself, whether that's, you know, picking up, for example, uh, professional qualifications, which is something I had to do in my industry. You know, I had to invest in myself, you know, study further, whether that's a degree a master's and other professional qualifications there's other things out there 
You could take courses to even improve your soft skills. You'd be surprised how far soft skills go. Um, the ability to communicate, the ability to build um, long-lasting and healthy relationships. These things will really help you in the beginning of your journey because it establishes a solid foundation so that you can build to last. You know, just as you said that, it's that word foundation. That's so the, the important word that I just wanted to even hone on because someone in their 30s, for example, and they maybe started uh, their investing journey then, but they hadn't done all of this preparation. They haven't spent their teens, their young, their early 20s preparing and educating themselves, but they just started in their 30s. Nothing wrong in that, but what may, may happen is that they may, uh, you know, go through certain challenges and have certain uh, mistakes that could be quite costly. Um, and a lot of it is because the foundation and the money mindset, those ha habits that I've built from childhood wasn't there in the first place. So they've almost had to relearn and re-educate, which is much more difficult to do at a later stage of your life than when you're young. So no, man, that word foundation is key. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a saying that goes, uh, prevention is better than cure. You know, um, now, you know, it's not just about preventing bad habits, but actually it's about building the foundations that Peter and I have just said. That's what really, really propels you to kind of grow well in, 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 the, in the future. And the thing about when you're young is you are you have the ability to make mistakes and the mistakes are not as costly. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's one thing making a mistake when you are single and, you know, you're, you're dealing with just a tiny bit of money and that kind of stuff because your earnings potential is much higher in the future. Mm. However... If you're much older and you've got, for example, responsibilities in children and, and, and a partner, you can't make certain mistakes. So the costs of those mistakes are quite substantial. So, yeah, if you are young and you're listening to this episode, I would like to say I am jealous <laughs> <laughs> because you have so much going for you. Um, the fact that you're even listening to this podcast puts you way ahead of so many people. Um, and I think you would do very well as long as you kind of take what we're, what we're saying um, and kind of run with it. Love it, love it, love it. And if you are in that age group, definitely just the encouragement to listen to episode 21 and 22, a chat with the youngest. Part one and two, definitely really good um, to hear from those that graduated from my program. Um, so Jax, from young to teens to 21 sort of age group, you know, that person's been building their foundation, um, just educating themselves, not worry too much about investing monetary wise and actually putting their money into something, but into assets, but putting their money into um, education, essentially. So whether that's through books, courses and their careers, etc. Now thinking about sort of your early to mid 20s, right up until the end of that sort of, um, you know, the 10 years um, in your 20s. What about then? Yeah, so um, not too much changes, if I'm really honest, in terms of continuing to actually invest in your education, continue to invest in your earnings potential. Those are the key words. But here, now we want you to start putting money into financial assets. Mm. Um, so it's not just about building a habit. It's about now actually executing and actually, you know, going forth with your budget and actually um, choosing a percentage of your income to invest in financial assets, for example, the stocks and shares market, um, or investing in things like real estate or, or other asset classes that you would have understood by doing your research and doing your kind of due diligence and your education before. So I'll say from, from the 20s to your 30s, that's where you really, really want to continue honing on and, and, and really building on that habit. Um, and, and actually 
allocating a pretty decent sum of your income into financial assets because um, at that age, potentially depending on individuals, everyone's individual. Um, you may not be married yet. You may not have children yet, for example, but you may be earning a decent sum um, relative to when you was in your earlier 20s or in your teenage years. And yes, so I would say at that age, you really want to start investing. Um, at that age as well, and the great thing about in your 20s is that you can you get the best of, best of most worlds because you can still make mistakes um, and, and still kind of recover. You can still take a decent level of risk um, and still recover and earn outsized returns. Um, you can even leverage a bit, you know, by, you know, borrowing because the thing about your 20s is if you understand how to use debt very, uh, very well, then you can actually borrow money at a cheap rate and increase your leverage because you have the you have kind of the ability to increase your earnings in the future. So essentially what you're really doing is you're borrowing from your future self because you know your future self will earn much more than what you're earning right now. As long as it's done properly, as long as you're educated and you really understand what you're doing, I think your 20s is one of the best times to really, really, you know, go into investing and, and not just investing in assets again, it's continuing the education because education doesn't stop. Um, doesn't stop at all. Things change, uh, keeping up, up to date with what's happening in the world. You know, it's, it's really important keeping up with technology, innovation. It's exciting. But if you had built the foundation from your early 20s or your teenage years, it becomes much more easier in your 20s um, moving into your 30s. But yeah, in your 20s, I think that's the key thing to really now know the art of investing and not just investing in assets, but investing in yourself as well. Hmm. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Education doesn't stop. And I love the term, uh, the analogy around borrowing from your future self as well. Um, really increasing your earnings potential and building on that foundation that you started in your early 20s and late teens. Um, but no, that's really useful. And also being, you know, proactive. You're now earning something in your you know, mid to late 20s, being proactive about allocating um, money towards assets um, as well, which is so key. And as you said, you know, every individual is different, but at that age, you're more likely to have um, less expenses. And by that, I mean, potentially, you know, uh, children, um, partners, maybe living at home as well and not contributing as much rent as you would do if you was living out of home. So no, man, um, taking advantage of that opportunity, I guess. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, the thing about your 20s as well is um, you learn so much. You learn mm. so much. You're still a sponge. You know, mm. you, you're still um, you still grasp things much quicker um, than someone who is much older. So, yeah, I think 20s is probably the most exciting time to get started now. Um, in one of our episodes, we talk about, you know, using the compound interest calculator. And we've actually put um, the visuals on, on YouTube as well. So mm. you can find us on World Finance, where we talk about using the compound interest calculator, also known as the investment calculator. And what you learn about that calculator is the most important um, kind of uh, variables in that formula of growing an investment portfolio is, is time, how much you mm. contribute, and obviously your investment returns. And the great thing about being young is time is in your hands or time is mm. or, or it was, it's for you, basically. You benefit from time. Um, and also when you're in your 20s, you start earning, you can actually contribute quite a substantial amount into your portfolio. And by learning how to invest potentially better, you can increase your return rate as well. 
Absolutely. Um, and that uh, episode regarding compound interest, where we've done a live demo, and um, it's also available on YouTube, just type in Woke Finance. And um, it's called The Power of Compound Interest, a live demo. And that is episode 66 of our podcast. Um, so do check that out, actually. Um, but no, Jax, and, uh, and, and in that age group it is the opportunity to really develop that long-term thinking you know thinking about your 30s your 40s your 50s and even retirement age if that's when you plan to retire so no um brilliant jacks um before we go on to the next age range which is sort of our 30s and we're going to take a bit of a break to give a shout out to some listeners um around the world where we get new listeners or a further influx of listeners it's not just new listeners um and this place uh Jax is gonna put a smile on your face um it's a city and it's in Ghana and it's Accra so speak your language tree to your people <laughs> hey it is saying oh big up my Ghanaians um so yeah um yeah that's that's amazing that's that's really good i wonder who that person is oh it's an influx yeah so that's really that's really great um you know big up my Ghanaians i am Ghanaian i was actually born in Ghana as well but i've been there basically all my life um yeah big up Accra Come on, come on, come on, come on. Wait, what did I say? Did I say Accra? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you were saying, but I, I, I could guess you were speaking about Accra. Accra is the capital of Ghana. I am due to visit Ghana potentially this year as well. So I am looking forward to uh, visiting um, Ghana and seeing what's popping there. I've, I've not been there for quite a long time, so I am pretty excited about my visit. Come on, come on, come on. A massive shout out to my West african neighbors up in ghana and um, a big shout out thank you for tuning in um do share with a friend of a friend um, and keep the conversation going man and hit us up on social media media man let us know how our podcast epi- um, podcast episodes are relevant to you know your journey over there in ghana man it will definitely be interesting to hear um and a massive shout out to all of our listeners um all over as well man we appreciate you very much um so jacks coming back to the episode we're thinking of our 30s now so we've done all of this right up until our late 20s we've got used to you know say putting a bit of money aside every month if that's when we get paid into our assets we're in our 30s now what next <laughs> well firstly before i get to the 30s i think i'll talk a bit more about the 20s because i can imagine uh, a lot of our listeners are probably looking for a bit more technical stuff so mm. um i know when people ask me the question hey Jax, how should i be investing at, at this age they want me to give them a bit more specific stuff so i'll give them a bit of, of uh you know a bit of value i think um when you are in your 20s um and, and and now moving into your 30s you've still got a nice long-term horizon um of course depending on when you plan to retire or when you plan to be able to withdraw or draw an income from your investment pot is you probably want to start considering uh, what we call growth stocks potentially um and also a range of good quality assets that are also in the value space um you want to consider investing in companies that also provide you with a dividend but not just a dividend um, that's you know static but you want to focus on companies that provide you something called dividend growth so technically when you are younger um if you are someone who is in, interested in dividends and if you are someone who um is interested in dividends or don't know what dividends are dividends are a way for uh, companies that trade on the stock market to reward their shareholders of their profits they provide you with a cash flow they basically pay you a cash flow 
um, usually on a quarterly basis if it's an American company and usually on a semi-annual if it's a UK company. Uh, they pay your cash flow out of their profits. Um, and the companies that are growing and still doing well and generating more more profits and that kind of stuff, they increase the amount of cash flow that they provide you um, because they become more profitable. And so when you are younger, that's what you're looking for, especially when you're young and you've got a nice long-term horizon. You're looking for companies that provide you dividend growth, not just mm. dividend income. Mm. Companies that not just pay your dividend, but increase the amount of dividends that they've been paying. And some companies have been doing it for a very, very long time and they've been growing the amount of dividends they pay out for a very long time as well. And so just a bit of value there, if you were younger, it's not just about the dividend yield, which some people go for. When you look at dividend yield, you might see 6% and be like, yay, that's nice and high or 10% or something like that. The chances are when the dividend yield is high, the growth is not that high. Mm. When you are younger, you probably want to kind of, you know, pay a bit more attention to the dividend growth than the dividend yield. Though the starting yield might be somewhat important, depending on when you want to withdraw from the portfolio. Um, and yeah, and I spoke about growth, which means you can focus on companies that may not even be profitable yet. Mm. Um, you know, because you're younger, you can grow with the company. And I think that's the important thing to understand. Um, think of it like this, Peter, when we were younger, about 15 years ago, um, when we first came across Facebook or Netflix or Starbucks. At the time, these were growth companies. These were companies that were not very established. Um, but, you know, 15 years ago, I wasn't investing. <laughs> I don't know about you, Peter, but I wasn't no, investing. Yeah, that would have been a good time to take a tiny bit of risk with a bit of our money from, our, you know, if we obviously were probably not working at the time. But if we were, you know, put to put into some of these companies, because we could have taken that risk and grew with these companies over time. Mm. But I would always encourage young people, even before you start looking at these high growth companies, to create a portfolio that is, you know, create a portfolio with kind of more established companies or, in my opinion, better mutual funds and index funds. That's your core. Mm. Love it, love it, love it. Um, And again, as ever, man, we do have episodes on some of these these things that we've been talking about with these topics. So investing for income through dividends, um, episode 28. Do check that out if you want to know a bit more um, about what that could look like in uh, reality as well. So, no, that's really, really helpful. And then, of course, uh, Jack's just mentioned it doesn't have to be stocks. It could be investment funds. Um, and we do talk about that as well in episode 32 by the haystack, not the needle, the case of funds. So do check that out so you can just get a bit more of a deeper dive um, or more of an understanding into some of those um, topics as well. But yeah. No, just, yeah, go on. Yeah. And so, you know, um, one of the things that I'm kind of proud of myself that I've done is I started investing probably in my mid-20s, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has allowed me to create what I, what I would like to say a, a foundation that I can now build upon because now we head over to our 30s, which both myself and Peter are proud members of. <laughs> <laughs> we're both in, yeah we're both in our very early 30s um but it, the journey continues um the learning continues um but at this point um ideally you would have wanted to be in a place where you've already built good habits maybe you've created a system where a proportion of your income through your budget which we encourage everyone to have a budget a spending plan is the better way of calling it i say mm. um where a proportion of your income goes into good quality assets um, over the long term, after you've built your emergency fund and had any savings for any near-term purchases. Um, again, when you are in your 30s, depending on when you plan to retire, you can focus on a different range of assets. 
um, hair, I think it's a great time. And of course, when we talk about age, you don't have to follow it age by age. You know, this is just a, a, a kind of a template. But in your 30s, you're probably thinking of potentially buying your first home, which you can also do in your 20s, I guess. Um, you're probably thinking of uh, a big lifetime commitment, again, which normally happens in your late 20s, such as marriage mm. and that kind of stuff. Maybe, uh, you know, you're looking to you know, bring someone into the world, a uh, son or a daughter, for example. So at this stage, you really, really want to have built potentially a system already uh, that can be adjusted uh, when new things come. And I think that's the more important thing in your 30s to really kind of continue the process of building a system that works that can be adjusted when things come. Hmm. No, I love it, love it, love it. And just on the piece around in in your 20s and I guess sort of in your early 30s as well, um, that piece around growing with a company as well from the taking a bit more risk or you can you may... You can afford to take a bit more risk um, according to your risk appetite, of course, um, in your late 20s or your 20s. Um, and some of the examples you use, whether it was, I mean, this is not um, investment advice. Uh, we don't do that or give uh, financial advice on the, on the podcast, just our own opinions and um, education. And But you mentioned companies like uh, Netflix um, or Facebook 15 years ago. And these are things that we saw around us and used it. These were prominent products in our lives um and imagine just thinking wait you know i'd use this i see all my peers all my friends they use it and why not just put a bit of money into that business once i've obviously done my due diligence as well so i love that term grow with the company yeah absolutely um and going back to your 30s um and i guess i'll I'll kind of feed this into your 40s as well yeah um and to be fair, this is something I should have mentioned even for the 20s as well, is at this point, you also want to be thinking about contributing towards your pension pot. Mm. Um, when you are the age of 22, I believe, um, you're, and you're earning um, £10,000 or more within the, the year, you should really be auto-enrolled into your company pension. Um, and so that's something that will be done automatically. I know some people, unfortunately, have opted out. That's, in my opinion, not a great idea unless you really are desperate for cash flow now, because what you could be losing out on is obviously free money. Mm-hmm. And of course, the tax efficiency of having money in a pension pot. So from the ages of 22, you should really be putting some money towards your pension pot. Um, and as you hit your 30s and into your 40s, I would say, this is where we have an actual term for this, Peter. And we call it your asset accumulation stage. Mm. In your 30s to 40s, um, that 20 year span, that should be kind of the stage in your life where you are aggressively acquiring assets so that you can retire comfortably fulfilled um, in your 50s plus. And so what does that look like? That looks like putting a proportion or a higher proportion of your money into financial assets through tax efficient accounts like a, a pension account. Um, here in the UK, we've got um, workplace pensions. We've also got private pensions like a SIP which stands for self-invested personal pension, you should be putting money, for example, into your stocks and shares ISO, which is a more flexible um, kind of tax-efficient account. Um, and, and depending on how much money you're dealing with, you can be putting money into a standard investment account as well and acquiring other assets, that tangible assets such as, such as rental property. Mm. That's what, that should be the focus in your 30s and 40s. It should be the time where you were aggressively acquiring assets so that over into your later 40s or 50s or 60s, you can actually retire comfortably. And I love that. I love that. So that that 30 to 40 
range is really focusing on going heavy on that asset accumulation and and what that's also telling me when I think of that that you've got time to do it but you still need to be proactively engaged in it absolutely absolutely um and as we get into let's say our mid 40s I'll probably say Mm. um probably just 40s anyway or going to mid 40s I would say at that stage personally my my kind of encouragement or opinion should be at that stage you should really be pouring as aggressively as you can into your pension pot Mm. um, because you're not far away from the um, age range for which you can actually withdraw money from your pension pot which for our age group will be the age of 57 yeah and if you're dealing with let's say a lifetime ISO which is also a financial product that I'm a fan of personally then we can start withdrawing from that portfolio at the age of 60 tax-free so yeah, I think around that age, I know from from fifty to sixty with the lifetime asset, you can't contribute any new money. So for that specific product, I would say in your forties, thirties, you want to be aggressively taking advantage of the allowances um, as you can. But yes, in your forties, um, I think we continue that asset accumulation, but very aggressively and much more into the tax efficient accounts. Hmm. Wow, love it, love it, um, and. Before we even start wrapping up on sort of the 50s and 60s, everyone is obviously at different parts of their journey. Um, if you are in your 30s and you've not even started what me and Jax was talking about when someone is, I don't know, in their late teens, take a breather. <laughs> um, and understand, for me personally, I feel that's okay. Um Correct me if I'm wrong, Jax. What do you think? Like that is, I mean, for yeah. me personally, I think it's about the intention. Um, okay, it's assessing where you are now, but what can that person do if they are in their thirties and they're like, "Whoa, this what? is a lot," and I've not even done much. Well, first of all, in your thirties, you're still well ahead of many, many people. Mm-hmm. Um, what you find is most people don't understand this until they actually start approaching retirement age, mm-hmm. and then they start thinking, "Oh my goodness, I actually don't have." assets that can pay for my lifestyle for when I retire so if you are listening to this in your 30s or even your 40s you're still ahead of many many people um, and, and that's why I think uh, social media nowadays I think is doing a good job um, and technology is doing a good job of actually getting some sort of information out there podcasts mm. like what finance mm. we I think we're doing a very good job um, of educating the masses but yeah it's not <laughs> there's a saying it's not that deep um, yeah. if you're, if you're, <laughs> if you're in your 30s and you're hearing about this for the first time trust me you are still way ahead of many many people um just to give you a bit more advice then i'll say um again going back to uh the the compound interest calculator or the investment calculator which really helps us to forecast how much we can retire on um, what you find in this formula are the three variable variables i was talking about uh, which is time, which obviously in this circumstance, you have no control over when you're in your 30s already. But then the key thing is then to focus on the other two variables, which is uh, how much money you can actually contribute towards this portfolio. You may need to be a bit more aggressive in your savings rate. Mm. And what that means, and, and to be really honest, in your 30s, going to your 40s, you are getting to that stage where you are actually, or you should be um, earning a pretty decent amount relative to your how much you will earn over your career. Um, you're probably obviously earning more than you did in your your teens and your early 20s, for example. So you potentially, I guess you might have more responsibilities, but potentially you may be able to contribute more towards that portfolio. I guess that comes with more intentionality. And if you're struggling to have a savings rate, then I guess the most important thing is to really sit down 
and look at your income versus your expenditure. Um, it could be a thing where you can need to cut back on some expenses or find ways to increase your income, such as starting a side hustle, for example. And it comes down to just really honing in and really pouring as much as you can into your portfolio. Um, but in your 30s, even in your 40s, is not the worst thing. Um, but ideally, you want to start early. No, love it. Love it. And, um, you know, when you're talking about someone in their 40s, you spoke a bit about they're not too far off. Um, you know, the age at which um, someone can withdraw from their pension pots as well. And um, well, they're much closer to that than they were to their 20s, so to speak. So let's talk about that entering your 50s. Um, yeah, let's talk a bit about that now. Yeah, big up our 50 year olds um, that are listening to what finance. We love you. Uh, we, we, we really appreciate you listening to us and listening to the value that we're providing. Um, so in your 50s, I think what's really important at this stage is, again, in your early 50s, before you've reached that retirement age, is to continue to pour as much as you can into your pension pots. Now, the key thing is, uh, or some misconceptions about pension pots, is that at the age of 55, depending on when you turn 55, I guess if you are 50 right now, actually the age is 55. If you're 55 before 2028, 20, it means you can actually withdraw from your pension pot at the age of 55. You can take out 25% tax-free and then you have different options after that. And one of those options is actually to keep money invested, right? So you don't have to take everything out. You don't have to start withdrawing money from your pension pot immediately. Um, you do have the option of actually um, continuing to pour money into this, this uh, kind of uh, portfolio. I guess the only downside is, you know, you may not be able to retire immediately, but um, the truth of the matter as well is in your 50s, you are probably at the peak of your earnings potential. And so at this stage, you are probably earning um, quite a lot more than someone who is in their 30s or in their teenage years or even in their 40s. Um, chances are, if you are a homeowner as well, depending on when you bought your home, you probably have quite a bit of equity in your home or you may be kind of getting closer to uh, paying off your your mortgage, um, if you had children, again, depending on when you had children, chances are at this age, they may be becoming more independent, um, leaving you and, and starting their own families and that kind of stuff. So you may have, firstly, less expenses, and secondly, more um, kind of um, residual income to pour into these portfolios as well. So, mm. you know, it's not the worst thing for you guys in your 50s, um, even if you're just starting from scratch. Um, you still have options and, you know, the option for me is to really sit down and assess your situation and see what's best. I would normally say speak to a financial advisor, especially at that age, um, because you'll be able to get more information. I think pension wise, if, if I'm correct, pension wise, have a free service that give you, you know, for, I think an hour um, piece of advice, an hour kind of length of piece of advice. So you can head over to pensionwise.co.uk um, and get some free kind of guidance as well. Love it. Love it. Thank you for that. Um, and now you're so right. I think for someone in their 50s, their lifestyle may change. Um, and as you said, you know, more residual income um, may be um, at hand there as well. So, no, I'm, I'm hearing that, man. And, you know, we've done all of this. We've invested at a decent pace. And we've gone aggressively, we've gone through the asset accumulation phase, we've acquired assets um, across the different asset classes. We're feeling ourselves a bit, man. We're thinking, you know, we've been doing that for a significant period of time. We understand the power of compound interest. I'm now in my 60s. I'm now in my 60s. 
Is it a time to stop now? To stop investing? Um, can I just stop and enjoy the fruits of my labor? <laughs> what then in in one in sixties? <laughs> uh, well, remember we have something called inheritance. So um, ideally, you want to continue the process if you can. Of course, you can start withdrawing from your portfolio. That's that's the benefit of investing over the, all those years. You can actually start living a more comfortable life. Um, if you want to continue working, which I'm still a fan of, you can go part time. Um, you know, you have more control of your time at that, at that, at that stage. Um, but yes, you know, when it comes to an investment portfolio, remember that, you know, they can be passed on um, with certain accounts, even tax free. So um, it's not about just completely withdrawing everything after portfolio and buying yourself a Lamborghini. And I recall many years ago, there was this uh, joke about, you know, people withdrawing from their pension pot and buying Lamborghinis and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, remember these accounts um, can be transferred to, to your spouse or beneficiaries. Um, there are things you need to be considering. And I probably should have mentioned it throughout the journey. You know, there are other things like life insurance products, which I think you should be considering um, probably in your thirties um, or late twenties. Basically, as soon as you start having dependencies, I think it's important to really be thinking about life insurance or especially when you have things like property and, and other things like that. Um, but yeah, it's really important to really start thinking about also, um, it's not the best conversation, but at some point you may be leaving the earth. Um, what, 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 you what say at be? some point you may be leaving the <laughs> <Well, no>. earth. <laughs> you will be leaving the earth. Okay. You will be leaving the earth. Ashes are ashes, as they say. <laughs> Uh, physically, dust yeah, dust. Okay, yeah, yeah. physically you, you believe in the earth and so um, I think it's important to start thinking about you know um, there's a saying that I love in my favorite book it says uh, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children mm. so really think about what you can do uh, for your children's 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 children and, and that's important hmm. wow love it love it love it um, and would you say that's pretty much you know in your 60s pretty much till you pass away essentially. Yeah, well, I mean, there's so many things we can we can yeah, think course, about. Course, yeah, yeah, you know, you should be thinking about what you can build for other people, what you can yeah. give away. Um, I think a big part of becoming financially independent is how much you can give away freely. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's really important. And, and at that age, I think um, it's, it's something that, to be fair, not at that age, I think throughout the journey, you can build that habit again. You can, you can start this in your 20s, um, you know, of giving a proportion of your money away, um, for example, through, through tithing or charitable causes. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, as you said, from 60 onwards, the journey is quite similar. Hmm. Um, yeah. And, and, and to be fair, you know, there are certain products, maybe hit age, I think 65 now or 67, if, I think something like that. Um, you start getting things like a state pension as well. So yeah, of course, yeah. yeah, it's just you know about kind of continuing the process and educate. You know, speak to your grandchildren and educate them so that they can learn from you. Hmm. Love it, love it, love it, man. Um, listen, Jax, we've literally walked through a whole lifetime, um, and it's been really useful. Um, and just even hearing from you in terms of some of the things one can be doing. Um, depending on what age they are. So what that means is that there was something there for everyone every single one of our listeners there was something there for you so hopefully you got some value from that man and you know you obviously know someone who is either the same age group as you or someone outside of um, your age range so please please do share this um with them man but Jax, man any final comments from you on this yeah i think my, fi- my final comments will be um though we have you know gone through the different age ranges and there's so much more i could have spoken about even when it comes to 
how to split your investments. You know, some people use, for example, you might have heard of this, Peter, the 30-70 rule. For example, if you're 30 years old, then you should have 30% of your portfolio in bonds and 70% in equities because you're young and bonds are less risky and you know equities are more risky and you can get outsized returns. We could talk about all the technicalities um, and I guess that's important, but I think the most important thing is actually building foundations and understand mm. the key thing with everything, not just finance, with everything, is building a foundation and building something that lasts and building something that lasts starts with the foundations and then it starts with consistency, persistence, um, good habits and growing it slowly, slowly, but surely over time through the compounding effect. And it doesn't matter if you're starting a journey late. I think the key thing is to get started. The best time to plant a tree was 100 years ago. The next best mm-hmm. time is now. So it's about to get getting started, continuing the education and also with new knowledge, you can, you can act. Do not just be hearers of the words they, they say, you know, mm. don't just hear what, you know, what we're sp- speaking about, but actually put it into action. Um, and also have conversations like we're having what finance. You can join us, you know, on, on offline. Um, if you want to join our Patreon, it's something that we, we like to talk about. We talk about these stages in a bit more detail. Um, but yeah, don't be too disheartened if you're, let's say, 40 and 50 listening to this, um, recognizing that you, potentially you should have started well, not potentially but you should have started much earlier this is something you can pass on to your children and your children's children love it man thank you so much jack so much value there thank you for your time thank you for our listeners thank you for all of our supporters um and remember all stay woke, woke.